it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never raised your taxes to pass a bill you didn't want. Polls showing, check this out, that nobody wanted a climate change bill, so the Democrats called it an Inflation Reduction Act, rammed it through on a party-line vote, and handed you the bill. That's just how white folks will do you. I mean, it really is a bad one. We're going to discuss it. Uh, it's, a, it's a busy day on the show today. Uh, Kevin Walling. Remember Kevin Walling? I love Kevin Walling. He is a Democratic strategist. He worked on the Biden campaign when Biden ran for president in 2020. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and unfortunately he won. And it's Walling's job uh, to get on TV, to get on the radio today, and uh, defend a plan that would attempt to spend our way out of a spending problem. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. That's where we are as we start the show on a Monday. We've got record levels of inflation caused by runaway levels of government spending. And the Democratic remedy for all of it is what? We'll spend more money. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It really is. We're going to dive right in. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show today. Every day does not change. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just please don't be a That is all. Happy Monday. Uh, the Fallow family did not, did not make it down to Houston as advertised this weekend. I know we were talking that up all last week. We were going to see Garth Brooks and get rowdy, and it was going to be the best, wildest, craziest weekend in the history of the family, which <laughs> did not happen. Uh, we did not go to Damon's Barbecue in Wharton, Texas. Although we were really fired up to see my man Brandon Cruz and the gang. Uh, Delta canceled everything. We live in a third world nation now. You buy a plane ticket. It is just a lottery ticket. Okay, some of you get to take off. The rest of you get to spend 72 hours in a terminal sleeping on your luggage. It's really a dumb time to be. And there's been a general quality of life decline under this administration that, you know, it's not lost on anybody. If you look at the polling, 88% of Americans think we're headed in the wrong direction. And the thing accelerating that demise again and again and again is the Democratic Party's insistence that we need more government in our lives. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Oh, it's just terrible. I mean, it's government that's slowing down the airline industry. They were the ones who imposed vaccine mandates, made it harder to hire pilots, made it harder to retain staff. They're the reason you have understaffed airlines. They're the reason you have a pilot shortage, which means when you buy a ticket from an airline these days, you've literally entered a raffle. Some of you might fly. Most of you won't. 
Okay, and that's just, you know, one of a myriad of home fronts where we've seen a decline in the quality of life. I mean, all of these social spending initiatives, even the latest one about climate change, is going to cost trillions of dollars. But here's a newsflash. We're not pulling it out of the bank. We're just printing the money and spending it. That is financial lunacy. Of course it is. Why? Because it devalues the currency in this present moment. Getting past all the analysis on tax increases and everything else, the Inflation Reduction Act, that's what it's called. The Inflation Reduction Act is a scam. Okay, and I can say that because even Bernie Sanders, a guy who pushed it as hard as anybody, flat out admitted on the Senate floor that it's not going to reduce inflation. Here it is. Clip three. I want to take a moment to say a few words about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that we are debating uh, this evening. And I say so-called, by the way, because according to the CBO and other economic organizations who have studied this bill, it will, in fact, have a minimal impact on inflation. Democrats are so full of crap. Is basically what he's saying, because they told you, oh, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. You don't understand. We're going to reduce inflation. So we got to pass this climate bill is what we got to do because that'll that'll decrease inflation. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Dude, it's a scam. And you'll notice this. The second this bill passed, what's the media doing? They're cheering it as what? A climate and health care bill. Oh, look, the Democrats passed a climate and health care bill. And they're saying that because the media, they don't want to be associated with claiming this is inflation reduction. Okay, we know by the Joint Congressional Committee, it's not Republicans, the Joint Committee, Republicans and Democrats got together and determined that everybody, everybody making less than $400,000 a year is about to get a tax increase. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. That's the scam. This bill does not reduce inflation. What it does do is increase your taxes. It hires 87000 New IRS agents gives them a budget bigger than anyone else's military in the world. And understand, it makes the IRS a bigger agency than the FBI, the State Department, and the Border Patrol combined. I got a bad feeling about this. You should, because when they're like, no, no, audits aren't going to go up. We're not going to have more audits. Yo, they're hiring. Just let's I'm going to level with you as a pal. They're hiring 87,000. IRS agents, they're not doing that because they want to speed up wait times when you're on hold with the IRS. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, that's not why they're doing it. You don't get a human on the phone these days. They're not, they're not becoming the one agency in the world that's going to let you talk to a human. Instead of screaming representative into the phone so many times, people think you're having a nervous breakdown. That's half of society. We keep talking about the increase in mental health problems. It's mostly just people trying to get through to customer service that look crazy walking down the street. Representative! God! I just want to speak to a representative! That's most of the world. And they didn't just add 87,000 IRS agents to speed that plow. They added 87,000 IRS agents because they're going to audit everybody. Bingo. Okay, imagine claiming with a straight face that you're hiring 87,000 IRS agents, but you're not increasing audits. It really is like telling your parents, no, no, 
I know you came home early this weekend, but I wasn't planning a keg party just because I bought 87,000 red Solo cups and had them stacked up in the backyard, set up the speakers along the fence. Doesn't mean I was having a keg party. What are you talking about, Mom and Dad? This is a scam. It's a scam on its face, okay, and it's death of shame stuff to get out there like Chuck Schumer did on Saturday and take a victory lap because you understand what they're doing. They're raising taxes on everyone making less than $400,000 a year. That's the Joint Congressional Committee's finding. And they're doing it to pass something nobody asked for. Listen to this Chuck Schumer clip. I'll react. It's clip one. I think it's going to help us in November significantly in two ways. First, the specific things we're doing that people care so much about. And second, hey, Democrats, even in this tough situation, polarized 50-50, can actually get big things done. So there we are. Chuck Schumer is a clown. Straight up. Okay, understand this. Okay, this is the claim here. This is fascinating. Again, we're living in the death of shame. People don't feel shame. Okay, they don't feel it. They're willing to get in front of a TV and say anything if they think it'll help their agenda. They're incapable of shame. When Chuck Schumer says, well, first, the specific things we're doing, it's stuff people care so much about. <laughs> yes, we care so much about this climate spending that they had to pass the bill under a different name. I think he's got a point. Think about that. Now, this is stuff people care about. Then why wasn't it called the climate change bill? Why wasn't it called the spend $850 billion to fight climate change bill? If this is something we all care so much about, think about that. Really think about that. Okay, if we all care about this and we know he's lying because it's not a top 10 issue heading into the midterms. You know what the number one issue is right now heading into the midterms? Inflation. And here is Senator Chris Coons from Connecticut flat out admitting you're not going to see an impact on inflation for at least a year or two, which means never. Clip two. And while we may not see huge impacts on inflation in the first or second year, Treasury secretaries who've served in both Democratic and Republican administrations support this bill. And the AARP, who I trust as the voice of seniors in America, says this will make a big impact on prescription drug prices. What a fraud. Listen, if it helps prescription drug prices, amen, I'm in. But you called this the Inflation Reduction Act. And you're flat out admitting, okay, the answer to the question of, does it reduce inflation? The answer would be no. They Trojan horse this bill in. That's Chris Coons out in Delaware, where they know no shame. Delaware, of course, the home state of Joe Biden, a guy who goes on the road and tells you that Georgia is Jim Crow on steroids because their 17 days of early voting requires voter ID. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware doesn't even have early voting. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. That's everything. Again here, it's all about labeling with them. They're labeling this inflation reduction to pass what? To pass climate change initiatives. Anything that helps prescription drug cost, amen. I'm all for it. We've gotten the pharmaceutical companies rich enough by mandating vaccines a lot of people don't even need to be taking, that everyone taking them is still getting COVID anyway. Oh, I don't know. feel like we might have bought a little bit of a lemon there. Okay, but when it comes to this bill, the whole thing, the whole thing is a scam. Okay, it is a climate sellout to the rich. It is giving green energy subsidies 
to people making $300,000 or more. Green energy subsidies. Okay, so if you're making $300,000 or more, you're now going to get a tax cut to buy an electric vehicle. Think about that. At a time when 65% of families are living paycheck to paycheck. There's a baby formula shortage. Gas is still at a record high. The Democrats can go, yeah, the prices are down. It's still $1.72 higher than when you took office. It's not the kind of thing you brag about. People are getting crushed by gas, crushed by inflation, record-level crime spikes because we defunded police budgets in major municipalities like New York. Okay, the border's out of control. Record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. But finally, more importantly... Democrats had the guts to make sure some hedge fund manager will finally get some support when he's buying an electric Porsche for his side check. These are their priorities. It is a scam, okay? And we know it raises your taxes, okay? We know that because the Joint Congressional Committee said so. Let me play you this Schumer clip one more time because this blows my mind. It's clip one. I think it's going to help us in November significantly in two ways. First, the specific things we're doing that people care so much about. And second, hey... Democrats, even in this tough situation, polarized, 50-50, can actually get big things done. So, there we are. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, the answer is no. Man has no self-respect. We're living in the death of shame. Okay, Democrats getting big things done? Understand, they did this with no Republican support. This was a party-line vote because no Republican wanted to go near this. Manchin and Cinema just reverted to being politicians, sold out their constituents. There is nobody helped by this. Nobody. It doesn't. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. Do you understand? If we pass a bill called the Fight the Fires Act, but it doesn't increase the amount of fire trucks, hoses, water, firemen, <laughs> you it's a fraud. Is what I'm trying to tell you. It's all political theater because here's where we are. Okay, we're you know less than three months from the midterms. They are projecting to lose everything imaginable known to man. So I've said this before. You're watching a shopping spree. Remember those old game shows where they give somebody a shopping cart, turn them loose in the store. They have five minutes. Anything they throw into the cart, they can keep. The Democrats know they've got five minutes left on the clock. They're going to lose everything known to man between now and November. So what they're trying to do is cram as much far left ideology into this government as they can because the arrogance of these people – the self-righteousness that they revel in, that the moral superiority that they sell to their supporters every night has them all convinced they know better than you, has them all convinced that they're the smart ones for wanting to raise your taxes in a recession, something that was not lost on John Kennedy of Louisiana, who said as much. Here's clip five. Because of inflation, uh, Louisianians are really getting good at barely getting by, and that's true for most Americans, too. Most Americans, if not all Americans, are now going to have even less money to spend as prices continue to rise. It takes a special kind of stupid, in my judgment, to raise taxes during both a recession and inflation. That's called stagflation. And he's absolutely right. But the bottom line is, like, as you sit here and you watch this, it is it's straight up political theater. Okay, calling it an Inflation Reduction Act while they actually increase inflation in the short term, do nothing to solve it in the long term, but get everything they want in terms of climate initiatives. It's based partly in the arrogance of them thinking they know better than you and mostly in the fact that they realize the window is closing in a hurry. And this little you know, video game of Super Mario change the world climate brothers is coming to an end the minute we get to November.
You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Bala. Someone is not going to lie to you about what's going on in this ridiculous spending bill. Man, I'm telling you, we're living in the death of shame. And again, I don't get on the air and like tell you how to vote. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But the brazen lying going on here. Oh, this is a big win for, for the people. And maybe that's the catch, okay, is they didn't say which people. They just said the people. Maybe they meant people in some other country. I don't get it, but I don't feel like Americans are coming out ahead here, and I don't think I'm alone. Pam is batting leadoff in Fairfield, New Jersey. Hey, Pam. Yes. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Better now, Pam. You're always good for morale. What's the word in Fairfield? Can you hear me? I can, Pam. Loud and clear. The American people can hear you, Pam. Take it away, girlfriend. Okay. So my question is $92 to fill up my gas tank this morning on the way in. My husband owns a smaller, smallish, but not so small, advertising agency. Mm -hmm. We're we're hurting because there's no chips for the cars that advertise the dealerships Mm -hmm. and so forth. His employees only come in three days a week. They don't want to come in anymore. And it seems like they can't do much about that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of hiring 87,000 people for the IRS, what about putting 87,000 more Border Patrol agents on the border? I mean, I'm just, I I just don't understand. The only thing that I could say about this bill, I'm going to ask you, Jimmy, and I, we love you, love you. I want to come see you on Gutfeld when you're on there. You better. Um, I, so Natalie and I, we need tickets. We want to come. Okay. But work it out. Let me ask you something, mm-hmm. okay? Will this help us in the midterms if the people realize that this bill that they just passed, 
that they're saying the American people want? What people are they talking about? Well, that's the scam. They know it's not true. If this is what the American people wanted, they would have passed it under its real name, which was the climate spending bill. You know, they wouldn't have called it inflation reduction. You know, and I like we know the truth. And I don't think they get it in that they're so far out of touch with what people want. And part of that is because they don't care what the people say. They believe that they know better than the people. So even if the people weren't out there asking for this bill, Mm -hmm. they believe they're going to help the people long term. Like, remember when they were telling us to defund the police? People weren't saying that. Democratic activists were. No people were. But the Democrats were like, no, trust me, this is good for you. And then when people started to die. They know what's best for us. You're That's right. You're what right it about is. That. They just think they're no. They know better. It's arrogance. It's so stupidity. What do you think about the midterms? Do you think? Oh, they're that doomed. They're doomed. There's no way this works out for them. That's the silver lining is, you know, we're going to take a beating between now and then. But get your popcorn ready for election night, because when they finish counting those votes a month later, the Republicans will be back in power. The Griswolds are back in a comedy so good it's raising prices everywhere. Introducing National Lampoon's Inflation. Ah! Congress has spent the country into oblivion, and now they want to spend even more. I think you're all in the head. But the rising cost of food has the Griswolds making tough choices. Well, am I going to eat? Or am I going to starve to death? Will they find a creative way to come up with the cash for their pricey new lifestyle? You, freeze, freeze. Come on, lie down. Let's go lie down. Or are they all living on borrowed time? Why don't you just ask him for the money, Eddie? You sure as hell can take a hint. National Lampoon's Inflation. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. Now playing in stressed out households everywhere. And coming soon to a bankrupt theme park near you. Sorry folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up, big Monday episode of the show. We've got a lot going on today. Got a lot going on this week. Uh, but I'm trying to keep everybody focused uh, on the conversation at hand. As it pertains to inflation. Now, the great Milton Friedman, this guy I quote a lot on this show, famously once said, what? There's nothing more permanent than a temporary government injunction, meaning if the government gets something going on a temporary basis, it never, ever, ever goes away. That's true. That is true. If you don't believe me, check those COVID regulations that were supposed to last 15 years and are now heading into their third year. Okay, there is nothing, nothing more permanent then the government saying something is temporary. And I quote Milton Friedman from time to time because he has as good of a fundamental understanding about the way big government works as anybody. But when it comes specifically to inflation, this clip I found online over the weekend really does crystallize the whole issue we're dealing with right now. Okay, every economist thinks that inflation was caused by the runaway spending that we did. They think that's the root cause of inflation. When Biden took office, inflation was trending around 1%. Biden passed a $2 trillion COVID relief bill that had nothing to do with COVID relief. What a fraud! But getting past that, inflation quickly went from 1% to 3% to 5% to 8% to 9%. 
And then when it hit 9%, what did Biden tell us with a straight face? Oh, it's Putin's price hike. You're a liar. Okay, you can't call it Putin's price hike if the prices were going up 14 months in a row before Putin got involved. Correct the mundo. But they did. But here is Milton Friedman just explaining the crisis in a nutshell, which is that too much government spending causes inflation. Now, why is that noteworthy? Because we spent our way to inflation, and now with a straight face, the Democrats want to try and spend our way out of inflation. They're crazy. Listen to this Milton Friedman clip. It's clip seven. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of an, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money. So understand, he's spot on when he says that. Okay, too much government spending, too much government money. But here are the Democrats calling this a victory. To Chris Christie's credit, he called out Jonathan Carl on ABC. I thought this was funny because there are people out there in the media being like, oh, this is a win. You don't understand. This is a big win for the Democrats, raising money in the middle of a recession, raising taxes on people, selling them out. This is a big win. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Here's clip eight. I mean, he's getting credit for almost nothing. He, he's, he's on a roll. I mean, there's no question that Joe Biden is on a roll legislatively, on the national security front, but he's getting no credit for it. And look, inflation is, you know, still a factor. Gas prices are actually coming down and have been coming down for almost two months. Uh, the unemployment numbers uh, are remarkable. Not only the unemployment numbers, but wage growth uh, continues to rise. It's just not keeping pace. Hey, with is it inside well, Washington roll, George? When I think that's inside Washington roll, like you know, oh, they they won on the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a ridiculous name, <laughs> as you pointed out in the interview. But they won on that. They got Democrats to actually vote for a Democrat bill. What are we going to do? Like drop the confetti at the White House? I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Chris Christie for calling him out is what he said. An inside Washington victory. You see, in Washington, they consider passing legislation a win, no matter what the legislation happens to do. Oh, you got the thing you wanted? That's a win. But it doesn't address whether or not it helps people because, you see, in Washington, helping people is never, ever, ever the actual priority. I admire your honesty. It's helping yourself. It's these people getting fat and happy off the land. Okay, one of the notes made there, Jonathan Carl was like, oh, gas prices are falling. It's really funny because Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about this by Peter Ducey. Hey, why are you guys bragging about gas prices falling? You told us with a straight face that you had nothing to do with the prices increasing. Prices are going up. You're like, oh, the president doesn't have anything to do with gas. But then when the prices go down, they start a freaking conga line. And they're like, hey, for he's a jolly good fellow. But here is Ducey uh, pointing out the obvious, which is if you're going to brag about gas prices, you should probably wait till they get to a spot where people aren't still paying $1.72 more than they were because you can't construe this as a victory. It's basically, oh, gas prices are down. Congratulations, America. You're still getting kicked in the nuts. But it's not with a spiked heel anymore. It's just a regular front of a shoe. Here it is, clip nine. Why is the president bragging today about gas prices? Because it's gone down. It's still $1.72 higher than when he took office. 
It has come, it has come down in a way that we haven't seen its trajectory coming down in over a decade. Still and over it is $4 a gallon okay. though, is that good? You want to talk to a nurse or a teacher or a firefighter if, if having that little bit of breathing room doesn't matter to them? Our nurses and teachers and firefighters saying gas prices are only $4.11, this that, is great. I'm saying that, that, that even that little bit of breathing room matters to families, especially during this summer when people are traveling, when people are trying to do what they can for their families. You don't have a clue. Okay, again, the ridiculousness here being what? That nobody looks at a gas pump and goes, oh, 475 a gallon. Woo! Dude, it's they're getting crushed. And they look really out of touch with what people are going through when they declare victory over obvious defeats. That's the problem with this Inflation Reduction Act. Everybody in the world, because of the Joint Congressional Committee, everybody in the world knows their taxes are going up as a result of this bill. Everybody knows inflation is not going down as a result of this bill. But the Democrats are out there taking a victory lap in the media, as you heard Jonathan Carl say. Ah, oh, the president's on a roll right now. That is a fact check false. No, he's not. He didn't help anybody, you bananas. Okay, they're out there right now. This is the football equivalent of a coach dumping the Gatorade on himself after he lost 55 to 10. Like, that's what we're dealing with. The Democrats are like, oh, we did it. We saved the day with an Inflation Reduction Act that um, doesn't reduce inflation and raises taxes on the lowest class of income earners. Yo, people are getting smoked. And when you look at the jobs numbers, this is what's so interesting about the jobs numbers that came out last week. Because Ducey asked KJP, Karine Jean-Pierre about this as well. Okay, the jobs numbers last week that showed unemployment trending at a historically low level. Okay, that is true. But we lost full-time jobs in the last quarter. We didn't gain full-time jobs. We lost full-time jobs. What we added at a record pace were additional part-time jobs. Why? Because in this kick-ass economy they're bragging about, people are now picking up second and third jobs to get by. Oh, wow! But again, Ducey asked, okay, why? You guys are claiming job creation. And is this misleading when, in fact, most of the air quote created jobs are recovered jobs, meaning the Biden administration wants to tell you, oh, we created eight million jobs. But all of those jobs existed before they took office. They went away during the pandemic. And when society reopened, the jobs came back. That's not job creation. That's not new jobs. That's not these jobs didn't exist. No, no, you just got them back. I've made this analogy a million times. Okay, I'll make a different one. Okay, if I'm leaving the dollhouse with my producer Mikey on a ra- raucous Thursday night, it's the best word I can use on the radio to describe his exploits, and we lose the rental Mustang, okay, we walk around drunk all night long and we don't find it till late Friday afternoon, we didn't get a new Mustang, we just recovered the old one once we came to our senses. Okay, I usually say, hey, if I came home with glitter on my face and Jenny threw me out of the house, when she lets me move back in two weeks later, I don't get to tell everybody I got a new house because I'm just getting back into the old one. That's the point. The Democrats keep claiming job creation, and it's a fraud because these are jobs they didn't create. It's a two-parter. Here's Ducey talking to her about it. Let's start with clip 10. 
What does the White House think this report tells us about inflation? So today, as you saw from the president's statement, the unemployment rate matches the lowest it's been in over 50 years. That's 3.5 percent. Uh, more people are working that, than at any point in American history. And we have gained back all of the jobs, all of the jobs that were lost during the pandemic. And so we quickly, what the president did was quickly repair the labor market uh, that, was dam that was caused because of COVID. The labor market was damaged, as you all know, that supply, the supply chain, there wasn't a COVID response, a comprehensive COVID response. And so that was the president's primary goal and, and the goal of the, re the American Rescue Plan. And let's not forget, that passed in April of his first year, only, only Democrats. Uh, voted for this bill. And because of that, because of the American Rescue Plan, uh, we saw, we are seeing, or we are coming uh, coming off of a very strong economy. And so that is important. That labor market uh, is important. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Understand, she says, because of that American Rescue Plan, it's the reason we have a very strong economy. <laughs> Yo, the American Rescue Plan, that $1.9 trillion we borrowed and spent, printed and spent, is what the San Francisco Fed, we're talking about San Francisco, ultra-liberal San Francisco. This is not exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly. Okay, the San Francisco Fed pins that inflation, okay, all of this inflation, to the printing and spending of that $1.9 trillion that she just praised as a good thing for the American people. She just flat out said, what? Well, this is a strong economy. Yo, the economy just shrunk two consecutive quarters in a row. You don't get to claim things are strong when we're going backwards economically. But this is the shame of right now. When she talks about, oh, the labor force and the, you know, record levels of employment, 61% of the country are participating in the labor force right now in terms of eligible American workers. Understand, when you go to a restaurant, they're understaffed. When you go to the airport with no idea whether or not the plane's going to take off, odds are it's not because they are wildly understaffed. It's because 61% of the able-bodied Americans who are of working age are actually out there doing so. This could be a problem. It's a huge problem. It's why every quality of life issue has been compromised under the Biden administration. They're screaming and yelling about a good economy. 61% of the people who can work are working, and a lot of them are working more than one job to get by because of the inflation. 49% of Americans aren't doing anything right now. And we always wonder, we're like, how do they get by? Where do they get the money? I understand they got a stimulus check here or there, but we're not talking about a lot of money. Yet there's so many people out there just flat out not working. And that willingness to not work, that you're comfortable not working, not contributing, not making a difference, not fending for yourself, that stuff really does undermine a society. And it really weakens your sense of self-reliance when it comes to getting ahead in life, which in the end, if you're going to make a great life for yourself, it's never going to be because of the government. It's going to be because you got out there and busted your ass. But again, if you're a partisan shill and you just want Democrats to remain in power, you say this was a good week for Biden. But here's my question to ABC, who opened this break by saying, oh, the president's on a roll right now. Karine Jean-Pierre saying, oh, the president's on a roll right now. If Joe Biden is so hot right now, how come every single Democrat that's asked about him running again either says no or runs for their lives? It's clip 14. Are you encouraging him to run again? 
I'm encouraging him to focus on what's right in front of us. Do you think President Biden is the best candidate in 2024? I'm going to be very blunt and very honest with you. My focus is totally on this November. The country would be well served by a new generation of compelling, well-prepared, dynamic Democrats uh, to step up. I'm working on my own election, and that's all I'm focused on right now. The president chooses uh, to run again in 2024. I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now. I don't want to answer that question because we have not. That's not. Yeah, I don't want to answer that question. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. He's in huge trouble. Uh, It doesn't matter what these idiots in the media (laughs) tell you when your own party won't say, yeah, of course he should run. No, I want him to run again. He better run again. He's the best. They won't even – They listen, they won't even pretend to endorse the guy, okay? So it doesn't matter what these shills in the media tell you. Oh, Biden's hot. This is a big week. Yes, it was so big. Nobody on earth wants him to run again. That's, that's how big – it was just so good. They want him to go out on top. You know what I'm saying? Just win that championship and walk off the court. Come on, man. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to play a quick clip from CNN. CNN is the worst. A lot of people feel that way, but here is Brian Stelter admitting on the air that the Hunter Biden story is not just a right-wing media story and is a real problem for Biden in 2024. This is clip 17. What about Hunter? Hunter under federal investigation. Charges could be coming at any time. This is not just a right-wing media story. This is a real problem mm-hmm. for the Bidens. Mm-hmm. Could he decide not to run for re-election, given his son? Look, they make, they make decisions as a family, and um, they will make that decision uh, when it's time. But Do you, like think, you, they've said, talked, do you think they've talked about it yet? No. They're, the president's doing his job. He's doing his work. He's not f- focused on that. It's 19 months. <laughs> Why would he be doing that? Hunter's a dirtbag. That was Michael LaRosa, who is a former aide to Jill Biden, uh, who's just kind of trying to filibuster the issue. The issue being what? That even CNN, who is now acknowledging, oh, this is not just a right wing story. Why is that significant? Because they told us this was Russian disinformation in the lead up to the 2020 election. I just want you to understand the way the world works, man. Okay, everybody, everybody who killed the Hunter Biden story played a role in interfering in the 2020 election. When you see polling that tells you 15 percent of Biden voters would have switched their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story. Okay, that's you're talking about 12 or 13 million votes in an election decided by 50,000 votes. And make no mistake, the same media that was telling you now that this is a real story was killing it in the run up. Here's clip 18. He talks about Hunter Biden's hard drive. Uh, He talks about conspiracy theories. The whole smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Most of those charges unverified. Charges so heinous, I'm not even going to say them. (laughs) What are they talking about? I don't know. It's a laptop. And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Yeah. Baseless conspiracy theories about Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. Do you ever wish you'd had Apple Care? Yeah, that would have been a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Do you get it, though? Every one of those people, every one of them, 
who said, oh, it's not a scandal. It's not a real story. Stop talking about it, has now admitted it was true. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are lacing them up. Got a big hour coming up on Fox Across America. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, a guy who could very well be your next president. He's already a historic figure in his own right as the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. He is going to join us in studio in this hour to have a grown-up talk about all things America, but specifically these woke bail reforms that are harming the black community. Everything woke turns to Tim Scott has a new book out. It's called America, A Redemption Story. And so much of his story I've shared at great length on this program because Tim Scott is everything that's great about this country. He's a guy that was born into abject poverty with a single mother. He's a guy whose grandfather was forced out of school in the third grade to go pick cotton. At a time when we weren't the tolerant and inclusive place we are now, Tim Scott grew up uh, in the worst version of the South, but attributes the evolution of the Southern heart to his actual success in Washington. And he is a guy that forces the identity politics crowd into an honest place when it comes to race because he is the proof that you're not supposed to give up on life and abort a baby just because you're poor and you got pregnant. I mean, in the modern Democratic Party, do you understand? Okay, they'd want Tim Scott aborted. They'd want Barack Obama aborted. I'm not even being controversial. Barack Obama was born into a mixed marriage in the late 50s at the absolute bottom of the socioeconomic scale. Okay, we've had this conversation with Tim Scott on the show before. He was once on Capitol Hill talking directly to a member of Joe Biden's cabinet about how abortion is good for labor force participation. And Tim Scott had to famously say what? Well, I'm glad my mom chose life. But in the Democratic worldview, they shouldn't keep a baby like Tim Scott because, again, the the message is no longer, yes, we can, as it was under Barack Obama. Now we're told, no, you can't. We're all screwed. Well, Tim Scott refused to accept that back then. He refuses to accept it now, and he's going to be here in studio to discuss it because right now a lot of the things that are masquerading as being empathetic towards minority communities, that are protective towards minority communities, are actually getting minorities killed in much higher numbers. And it's sad. Okay, defund the police. Who bore the brunt of that? Okay, the black community. Murder rates have gone up 35 percent in the black community nationwide since the summer of 2020, since the Democrats went out there and slashed police budgets in cities like New York. They cut one point five billion dollars from the police budget in New York City. And then when crime went through the roof, they're like, I don't understand how this happened. What's going on? Okay, we know what's going on. They are framing empathy. Okay, constantly. It's a branding exercise as something that's good for a particular community, but it always comes back to harm them because in the end, they're not, you know, pushing any of these things because they want to help. They're pushing these things because they want to fundraise. Please give us money. That's everything. Okay. The cops are racist. Please give us money. The climate's going to get us all killed. Please give us money. (laughs) Republicans are lying about the border. Please give us money. (laughs) Say whatever you want to say. 
<laughs> the Inflation Reduction Act. Please give us money. It's just all money. It's all garbage. They don't care about people. Tim Scott's one of the – of all the people we have on the show, I don't think there's anybody I'm more prouder to have you know a, a repeated association with because he's really – you know when you talk about a term I use, American privilege, he is the epitome of American privilege. Okay, there is no rule in this country that says you can't get out of bed today or tomorrow and work as hard as you want to go as far as you want. Tim Scott is proof of that. When he was born, okay, the odds in Vegas of him being anything were infinitesimal, let alone being a guy who is on everybody's short list to be president, to be vice president, one of the most beloved guys in Washington. And he's one of those people because he's speaking to substance. He's not out there every day saying, oh, you know, I, I want to be seen as a victim, as a member of the black community. The deck is stacked. We don't have a chance. No, he wants to talk, and he wants to talk in ways that affect all Americans. He's not embracing this segregated mindset of identity politics where we should all be voting and thinking based on nothing more and nothing less than our ethnicity. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Tim Scott, understand was the guy who brought forth a police reform bill in the summer of 2020. Do you remember the summer of 2020? They burnt down 13 Democratic-run cities in the name of equity and justice. 100 black-owned businesses burnt in the near north of Minneapolis. Kamala Harris telling people to bail out violent protesters on Twitter. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> well, that was all done what? In the name of police reform. Well, Tim Scott wrote a police reform bill that summer. And the Democrats, you know, the ones that tell you the filibuster is a racist relic of the Jim Crow South and we need to get rid of it in order to pass their legislation. Well, the Democrats used the filibuster in the summer of 2020 to filibuster a black man from actually getting police reform. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. That's what they did. OK, you understand filibuster. That's racist. That's Jim Crow stuff. They used it against a black American. That's the fraud of the modern Democratic Party. And that's why I love having Tim Scott on, because he's not even coming on to say, woe is me. They, you know, this hypocrisy gobbled me up, too, in my attempt to pass police reform. What he's on here doing is speaking to truth. OK, a lot of these woke initiatives are just stupid. It doesn't mean the people pushing them don't care, because to be honest with you, I think a lot of the people do care. But they don't realize that when you start letting people out of jail in the name of equity, you're ultimately harming the people you purported to care about. Understand, when it comes to the high rates of criminal recidivism, 90 percent of violent crime is committed against members of the same race. So if you're out there saying, well, we you know, can't lock up black criminals because there's too many black criminals in jail. We can't do that. That's not equitable. OK, what you're doing is letting them out of jail. At which point they are more likely to commit a crime 90% of the time against a member of their own race. So you are basically prioritizing the law-breaking elements of the black community at the expense of the law-abiding element of the black community, which is the vast, 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 vast majority of that community. Okay, that's why Democrats are losing support with minority voters, be it black or Latino, is because they realize these policies are getting them killed. Okay, look at Florida. Ron DeSantis, okay, suspended the state attorney, Andrew Warren. He fired him, suspended him because the guy wouldn't enforce the law. You know, whether it was policing uh, doctors who were performing illegal abortion procedures or criminals 
who were just guilty of violent crime. He doesn't want them in jail because he's a disciple of this Alvin Bragg ideology, these woke George Soros backed prosecutors that don't want to send any minorities to jail, but don't realize that in the process of being equitable, you're just getting more people killed. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But Andrew Warren, he pushed back on DeSantis. I played you some of those clips last week. Okay, and he made a statement in June, and, you know, DeSantis spoke to Fox, and he posted a Facebook video, and he said, I'm not going down without a fight. I refuse to let this man trample on your freedoms to speak your mind, to make your own health care decisions, and to have your vote count. Ron DeSantis is trying to overthrow democracy in Florida. His plot to suspend me blatantly violates the most fundamental basis of our democracy. You can't handle the truth. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about your job being to enforce the law. Okay, when a state attorney says he's not going to enforce laws he doesn't agree with, that is a dereliction of duty. That's not someone looking out for the good of society. That's not somebody looking out for minority communities. Here he is. Here's his clip. I wanted you to hear it. It's clip 21. Ron DeSantis is trying to overthrow democracy in Florida. His plot to suspend me blatantly violates the most fundamental basis of our democracy, your vote. He's trying to overturn the results of a fair and free election. I was elected because the people of this county share my vision for criminal justice, trust my judgment, and have seen our success. I swore to uphold the Constitution, and that's exactly what I've done. DeSantis is trying to take away my job for doing my job. He came down to Tampa to illegally remove me as part of some political circus. We won't let him get away with it. Get him out of here. Get him out. So understand, these were the reasons DeSantis cited. Okay. Warren promised not to prosecute abortion providers who defy the 15-week abortion ban. So Florida allows abortion, just not beyond 15 weeks. They don't want you aborting a baby when it can live outside the mom, when it gets into that area, because they view that as infanticide. So the law is you can't perform that procedure. They're going to prosecute the doctor. Warren flat out said, no, not doing it. Nope, ain't going to happen. Okay. On top of that, Okay, he promised he was not going to prosecute low-level first-time offenses and pledged not to prosecute anyone providing gender reassignment surgery to minors. So it's against the law, do you understand, to give a minor gender reassignment surgery. He flat out said, I'm not going to prosecute that. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. But do you understand how barbaric that is? Listen, gender reassignment surgery for a minor. Okay, minor can't buy a pack of cigarettes, can't get a tattoo. Okay, but you're going to allow them to change their gender through surgery in a decision they may likely change their mind on days later. Okay, look at last week's big headline. Demi Lovato, she's a 29-year-old pop star. She switched genders. Less than a year later, she switched back. But you want to go out there and let a 5-year-old permanently, surgically alter their body For the rest of their lives, based on what they were thinking in a given moment at the age of five, when your intellect, when your preferences are so fluid, your favorite food changes, your favorite show changes, your favorite toy changes, but you're just going to guess right on your gender from now until the end of time, it's of course against the law. But Andrew Warren's flat out saying, well, you know, I agree with all of this, you know, woke gender politics. So if a five-year-old goes and finds a surgeon that'll give him an operation without his parents' consent, I'm not going to prosecute the doctor. Yo, you should be in jail for that. Forget fired. And when he says he's not going to prosecute low-level criminal offenses, understand what that means. 
That means people who start out in low levels of crime and don't get penalized for it are now going to be more likely to gravitate towards higher levels of crime. One of the criminal justice classes I took in college, Redmond P. Burke, Red Burke, he was an old captain uh, from in the Bronx, Fort Apache, the Bronx, told us the difference between grass eaters and meat eaters and why quality of life offenses matter. Said, you know, grass eater, somebody who just hops a subway turnstile, writes a little graffiti, not the biggest thing in the world. But if they don't get fined for that, if they don't get ticketed for that, if they don't get hauled in for that, over time, they start to normalize committing crime and the grass eater becomes a meat eater. Starts out with, hey, I'll steal a $2 subway fare. And you don't get in trouble for that. So you're like, hey, I'll steal a pocketbook. You don't get in trouble for that. So you're like, hey, I'll steal a car. You don't get in trouble. Next thing you know, you're robbing people at gunpoint. Listen, it should never be controversial to say lock up the people who break the law. It doesn't matter. It's Crime is not a black or white issue. It's a right or wrong issue. And when you hear these woke DAs say, no, we're not going to arrest anybody in the name of equity, what you're actually doing is harming the people you purport to care about. Even Tim Scott knows that. It's one of my favorite things about having him on the show. He doesn't get on the air and be like, oh, the cops are perfect. No, he gets on the air and tells you the truth. 99.9% of the cops are great. Okay, 99% of people in every single ethnicity are great. Okay, there's going to be lawbreakers in every ethnicity, but a lot of that has to do with economics. A lot of that has to do with building up an empowering system for people. You don't help anybody by yelling everything's racist. That's not how this works because when the riots start and the buildings burn and the stores get looted, once the news cameras go home, that urban blight, that inner city poverty remains. And there's a direct correlation between high rates of violent crime and low rates of economic opportunity. So the answer again and again and again is not to yell everybody's racist. It's to get everybody a job. Okay, but we're not focused on that because creating real jobs, fortifying society in a substantive way is a lot harder to do than just yelling that anyone who doesn't agree with you is a racist. You know, the good news for the Democrats is that strategy has worked for a long time. The bad news is that strategy has worked for a long time. And now they're screwed at the polls because they haven't delivered for anybody by calling everybody a racist. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with South Carolina Senator Tim Scott here in a little bit. He'll, of course, be talking about his new book, America, A Redemption Story. Uh, although there are some in the media that don't believe America has been redeemed. In fact, Joy Reid over at MSNBC. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. A lot of people feel that way. But Joy Reid accusing Ron DeSantis of trying to create a white nationalist environment in Florida. I'm telling you, we're living in the death of shame. Listen to this clip. It's 20. 
I see it the most urbanization in somebody like DeSantis, who now has this sort of like propaganda school that he's sending teachers to in the summer where they teach them that sure. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington opposed slavery and don't bother to mention that they owned slaves, where he's essentially forcing teachers to accept this indoctrination where he's uh, uh, now threatening to, where he fired um, a U.S. A state attorney who refused to prosecute people uh, related to abortion, where he's doing these openly authoritarian sort of urbanist things and pushing what does feel like a version of white replacement theory, that you can't make white children feel uncomfortable in school. You can't uh, say anything about racism at the workplace, that you have to sort of create this sort of white nationalist environment everywhere or else. This is absolutely gross. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I mean, come on, Joy Reid. That's not what anybody's saying. And you know this. I mean, it's kind of cliche to even point out that Joy Reid is completely fuller. She's, you know, race baiting clown. That's kind of her job. But you understand there's nobody in America, nobody in America, okay, that's opposed to us teaching our history. In fact, we're all taught our history. The reason people like Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott's about to join us and tell you that he's not a fan of critical race theory either is critical race theory isn't about teaching our past. It's about convincing people that it's our present. That's the problem with critical race theory. It's making this argument Okay, that America is so racist, we can't even see it. That's how racist we are. Not even close. But that's what they're telling you. No, no, no. You understand. It's unconscious bias. You're racist all day long. You just don't know it. So the way we're going to solve our problems is we're going to start, you know, teaching your kindergarten white kids that they're a bunch of oppressors because that'll make relations harmonious in the classroom. Yo, little kids don't get out of bed. Seeing race. Okay, they don't get out of bed looking for grievance, looking to alienate others. Little kids get out of bed looking to have fun. But now you're telling them instead of duck, duck, goose, they've all got to play pin the tail on the racist. Not fun. Not the kids don't like it. I'm telling you. And this is what we keep coming back to. Okay, there are people in this country that no, we're not perfect, but also recognize we're further along on race and issues of inclusivity and tolerance than anyone else in the world. No, we're not perfect, but we're never going to get there if we don't acknowledge how much work was done to get us here. And when the people like Joy Reid get on TV and tell you that America in 2022 is America in 1822, that is not only an insult to all the victims of real racism and crimes and discrimination, but it's profoundly insulting to anybody who sacrificed, fought, died, went to jail or got beat up to level the playing field the way we have, Joy Reid. I'm telling you, these are embarrassing people. They really are. It's just gross. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with South Carolina Senator Tim Scott in the next break. But right now, batting leadoff out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Reese is on the line. Yo, Reese. How you doing, Jimmy? Monday, you know, trying to, I'm trying to hold it together. I had a pretty rowdy weekend with Jenny and Lincoln. And the nice thing about me is if I was on the show and I was still drunk, you wouldn't know because the show always sounds like I'm hammered anyway. Uh, But the truth is I'm actually in better shape than I normally would be on a Monday, but mainly because I can rely on callers like you to kind of fill in the cracks when I lose my way. So thank you, Reese, for being here. Well, I don't know that you sound drunk. I've never I've never got that impression. (laughs) You you think it's more pills or something like that? 
What's that? I said you think it's drugs, not alcohol? No, I'm I don't kidding. think it's drugs I'm, either. I, you I'm just kidding. sound normal. I'm kidding. Um, I'm just giving myself anyway, a hard time. Go ahead. Uh, what, what I was going to say is, you know, we got uh, a big day in Wyoming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Liz Cheney is uh, <laughs> going to be ousted yep. in the primary election yep. by Harriet Hageman, who Trump supported. Yep. And I guess I just wanted to know what your thoughts were, given that a lot of people that is, Trump has endorsed has ended up getting reelected. Well, listen, there's no or question. He's he's the most popular guy in the Republican Party by far. I mean, even if you look at the CPAC polling over the weekend, he does beat Ron DeSantis. Um, you know, the thing about the Trump, the, the Trump endorsement is it does carry a lot of weight, which is why there are so many people saying, hey, the one guarantee for the Republicans to take back the White House is to have Trump just campaign for somebody else. Because, you know, a lot of these somebody else's, the Tim Scott's, the Ron DeSantis's of the world could win with Trump behind them. Trump on his own, I honestly don't know if he can win only because here's the thing. You know his policies are better for America than Biden. I do, too. But for half the country, they're not going to overlook the personal issues they have with Trump, no matter what he does. I mean, you realize when Trump was the president, we had the best economy we've ever seen, the most secure border we've ever seen. You know, you got NATO allies paying their fair share. Cops actually feel supported. Inflation's at 1%. Trump was substantively a good president. But he doesn't get credit for that. There's nobody who hates him who even admits, like, yeah, he was good on business and everything, but they just say literally Hitler. They don't have they're, – they're not capable of nuance when it comes to Trump. So I think he might be, you know, the toughest Republican to elect in 2024. I mean, would you vote for him or do you want somebody else to run? I would totally vote for him. And I think the Biden fans in the, in, in the world, they would, they would disagree with you. Because they think they have the best economy going now. <laughs> they, they got gas prices down and, yeah, and right. all that good stuff. Isn't that like, funny? They just, the, they, they just keep filling us full of the the, the lies that they got. Yeah. It's just it's bad, but anywho. No, you're right. I mean, that's the problem with inflation. It's gotten so bad, these Democrats can't afford a mirror. Because if they had one, they'd realize how ridiculous they sound. They're passing an Inflation Reduction Act that increases inflation. That's bananas. You know, they're raising taxes on everybody making less than a half a million dollars a year, which is pretty much the whole country. You know, unless you're getting stock tips from Nancy Pelosi's husband, you know, you're probably making less than a half a million a year. But that's reality is they don't see themselves, uh, but they're going to get that mirror. It's coming their way in the midterm. So hang in there. In all honesty, Reese, like we should have this conversation again in a few in a few months once we know what Trump's doing. I'm very interested to see where this goes, because, again, I know Trump wants to run again. But I think part of the reason he wants to run again, getting past the ego of wanting to win, is he really on some level, you know, guy cares about the country, wants to see things improve. And, you know, might recognize that the easiest way to improve things is to just beat the Democrats, no matter who the Republican president winds up being. So it's going to be interesting to see how that's going. But we'll hang. I'm going to be out in Wyoming one of these days if these Delta flights ever take off. So let's get together. Well, I'll tell you what, like anybody that runs for president has an ego. Yeah. Oh, no question. Yeah. George Bush, like Mm -hmm. anybody that is willing to run for president has one hell of an ego that they're. Yeah, I agree. A, a, a billion percent. I just mean this is so personal because of how horribly they treated him 
And then obviously, you know, the recovery from January 6th and everything in between. Trump is honestly, if he runs and wins, it's the biggest middle finger in the history of the world to establishment politicians. And that part is very tantalizing to voters because we can't stand the establishment. So that kind of is the appeal of Trump. But if we wind up in our zest to stick it to the establishment, we wind up sticking it to ourselves because the Republicans lose the election because enough people just hate Trump and won't vote for him, then the joke's kind of on us. So we're trying to thread a really interesting needle here, and I I don't have an answer, but we'll do it again soon. Be well, Reese, the great Reese. And we take a quick break, and we are back after this. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, if the DJ sounds fired up, it's because he is joining us now in studio. What a good get by our producer. Every once in a while, Mikey likes to flex a little muscle in the building and just bring in some, like, you know, top-tier muscle guests. (laughs) This is Mike. We're probably getting hit up for a raise after this. South Carolina superstar (laughs) Senator Tim Scott in studio. Hey, man. Jimmy! It's a big deal. It's a big deal for me. Without (laughs) any question. You stop it. It's a big deal for me because you saw all the toys in this studio and agreed to come on anyway. Well, listen, I was thinking about... Boba Fit, Boba Fit, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you a fan? A little bit, okay. Uh, right. But this is old school Star Wars. This is I, OG I Star yeah. Wars. Well, see, I when I was working at movie theater, we uh-huh. talking about Rocky. 3 yes, all yes, the time. yes. It was the Return of the Jedi. I remember that. Yeah, the greatest of all the Star Wars, in my humble opinion. Hold on, you get in a lot of trouble for making movie declarations <laughs> on the show. We're still embroiled in this Rocky Three controversy. Well, there is some controversy around Rocky One, Rocky mm-hmm. Two, Rocky Three, mm-hmm. but not Rocky Nine. Yeah, <laughs> still in the latest one, Rocky's like battling arthritis. They, they, <laughs> they just keep going on. It is. A, it is it, when you find out what makes you money, you do more of it until the audience doesn't buy it. I, I assume. <laughs> Well, in the in the Return of the Jedi remake, oddly enough, the Jedi doesn't come back because he can't afford gas money. <laughs> well, he's that was the Carter years, and now the yeah, Biden years. They've they've yes. bookended it. There so, are things that seem to repeat itself. History has a way of doing that. That's what they say. So you have a great book we're going to get to in a minute. It's called America: A Redemption Story: yes, Choosing sir. Hope and Creating Unity, which I'm excited to talk to you about. But I wanted to get you on record on some news of the day stuff Absolutely. because we essentially, in passing an Inflation Reduction Act are basically fighting a spending problem by spending more money. Is that what I'm to believe? Well, you know, uh, I was talking to some friends earlier. I call it the Inflation Seduction Act. (laughs) The Democrats are trying to seduce the American people in believing what they're saying and not what they're seeing. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is to pull up at a gas station, and you know that there has been no reduction in inflation. And number two, what caused inflation was overspending. Mm -hmm. So what do you do if you're in charge? Mm -hmm. You spend more. It is contrary to common sense, but mainstream for the Democrats. Yes. Well, that's what's so crazy is like we're trying – this is the equivalent of trying to drink yourself sober, which I tried in college several times. I love that. Which explains my GPA. I got a 4.0 in college, but it wasn't my GPO. It was at my BAC, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But stick with me. We're talking to South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. And, you know, once the bill passed, 
You notice a lot of their allies in the media championing this as a climate bill. And, right. and even Chuck Schumer saying, oh, yep. it's got things in it the American people love. If they loved the contents of this bill so much, why didn't they title it what it was, which was a climate spending bill? And but, I think we know the answer, right? Exactly, because the American people aren't interested in a conversation about anything other than the economy, inflation, and gas prices. So true. And this bill misses the mark drastically. I can't understand how the Democrats of today completely miss the reality of the modern society. Literally, I can't figure out what they don't understand about gas prices over $4 a gallon in most of, a lot of this country. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand what they don't understand about going to Walmart or to your grocery store and seeing 14, 15, 20% increase in the cost of feeding your family. Yeah. It's nuts. Stunning. Well, it's weird because it speaks to them just not having a connection to the people they purport to care about. Too much time in Washington, not enough time in the rest of the country. There it is. They need to go see Top Gun with Tim Scott. That's there you go. Senator Scott runs a good movie program. I, I, I saw it twice. I, I recommend every American <laughs> see it. Every red-blooded American should see Top Gun. And every red, bro- red brother, red-blooded American uh-huh. should be voting in this upcoming election oh. to kick the Democrats out of office mm-hmm. and restore sanity to the American people. Could you imagine? I, I can't. <laughs> we are, to put it in Top Gun terms, okay, we are on a highway to the danger zone. If, I can hear the music. If you're, listen, if you're hiring 87,000 IRS agents. That's a bad and, thing. But you're telling me you're not going to increase audits. I mean, imagine me telling my dad. That's a dumb thing. I bought 87,000 red solo cups, but I'm not having a keg party. Exactly. And Come think on. about it this way, Jimmy. The size of the IRS mm-hmm. just increased by 600%. That's madness. It is now going to be larger than the FBI, the Pentagon, Border Patrol, and the State Department combined. That's bananas. And according to the CBO, mm-hmm. the Congressional Budget Office, mm-hmm. 90% of the targeting will be under $200,000, middle America, low-income Americans, and small business owners. That is nuts. Stunning. And, and that is not making the rich pay their fair share. Well, th- th- there's no goal within this administration mm-hmm. of, of targeting the rich. Yeah. They're targeting the middle class because that's where the money is. Well, it's a, it's a good point you make because we're talking to South Carolina Senator Jim Scott. When I see that there's a subsidy in there for people earning over $300,000 a year. Right. That does not strike me as fighting for the little guy. Not at all. One of the things you'll find in my book, by the way, America, a Redemption Story, is how it feels to live in poverty, to be hopeless, and then to meet a small business owner, mm-hmm. John Moniz, a Chick-fil-A operator, mm-hmm. who teaches me, me that I could think my way out of poverty, who teaches me that having a job is a good thing, but creating jobs is a better thing. Mm-hmm. This administration and this current economy is uh, destroying jobs by raising taxes. That's so true. Hope seeps out when you look around and no one's working. The muscle of work is atrophying yep. under this administration. That's another great point. And they're putting pressure Pressure on the greatest economy because they refuse to let American production of energy become a reality. And this environmentally friendly bill mm-hmm. is not friendly to everyday Americans. Yep, spot on. And, and, and again, these are not policies everyday Americans support, which is why not they had the Trojan horse at under inflation reduction. Dude, Tom Brady has done more to reduce inflation <laughs> during his time as an NFL quarterback. I love it. Well, the, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. No, Tom Brady and Bernie Sanders – 
would both agree on this topic. Because <laughs> even Bernie admitted. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't reduce inflation. It's such a racket. What well, the me, heck? Let me talk to you about your book really Certainly. quick. It is called America, A Redemption Story, Choosing Hope and Creating Unity. One of the things you and I have talked about at great length on this show is what we call American privilege. Absolutely. Okay, there's a lot of emphasis placed on race and identity in the modern Democratic Party. Yes. But in becoming who you are, you were willing to, you know, shove that to the side and focus on your unique American privilege, which was the opportunity to work hard and become Tim Scott. Um, do you feel like they're just selling victimhood because victimhood's an easier way for them to get votes? Like, what is the motivation there? Well, absolutely. They, uh, they, they misunderstand the American people. Mm-hmm. And one of the best stories in the book, America, a redemption story, is my grandfather telling me, no matter what your circumstances are, you're never a victim. Mm-hmm. You can be a victim or you can be victorious. You cannot be both. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of America, and frankly, we are living in the most privileged society Ever. Not even close. And that's why we should embrace our common citizenship as Americans. We should not divide ourselves in tribes like the Democrats do. Mm -hmm. We are one American family. And reading my book, you'll understand why I believe that fervently with all of my being. I've been blessed by amazing people who happen to be white. Mm -hmm. The smile that people talk about sometimes, it was created by a guy named Dr. Monty S. Harrington. I had two front teeth that didn't like each other. <laughs> I had buck teeth. And I walked into his orthodontist office, and he says, you know what? I can help you. And he was not lying. Well, you, did you know your, your front teeth were bad when the local pervert was trying to bribe you with carrots? Why? Well, <laughs> not, not even candy. He's like, here's some carrots. Go ahead. I knew without any question that I had a problem, uh-huh. and an American fixed it. Wow. And my small business owner, John Monisa, I talk about all the time, my mentor, he saw something in me that I could not see in myself. He happened to be white. Mm-hmm. Ed Bryant, another guy who helped me a lot, happened to be black. So what happens in real America, mm-hmm. good people of good conscience come together to help each other out. Yep. It's not a black thing or a white thing. It's an American thing. It's our story. Mm-hmm. And if we read about our story, mm-hmm. we'll believe in each other more. If we listen to the Democrats, we'll believe in each other less. That's so true. It's so simple. No, it's so true. We're talking to Senator Tim Scott, the book America, A Redemption Story. It's funny because they really are in a position where they're asking people to put party over country. They're the reason we're not playing team ball. Yes. Because, I mean, you have spoken at length on this show about the evolution of the southern heart. And how it was only possible to become who you are because this imperfect society made a heck of a whole lot of progress. You never come on and say we're perfect. You just say, look at how far we've moved the ball down the field. But they don't want to give us credit for that. They want us to still be backed up against our own end zone. Well, listen, they're they're driving their cars by looking at the rearview mirror. Yeah. We're driving our cars by looking at that massive windshield that you can't miss (laughs) unless – you are so narrow-minded that your entire view of the future is simply the view of the past. You cannot find a better future than the American future when we're looking at the collective windshield. When we're looking collectively at the windshield, we are seeing opportunities. We saw how to do it, actually, yeah. and we did it. Mm-hmm. From 2016 to 2020, we lowered unemployment to the lowest level for African Americans, for Hispanics, a 70-year low for, for women. When you look at the windshield of American opportunity, you see opportunity zones that brought in more money in one year into the poorest communities from the private sector than we've ever seen in the country. $29 billion. Those are conservative principles, conservative policies passed by a majority of Republicans. 
think about that. And we never have that conversation because I just I, I think substance is an elusive thing in today's politics. People would rather, you know, descend into character assassination. I think that's a lot of today's politics. It's become an exercise in defining your opponent yes. instead of defining a solution. Well, division is easier to sell. Yeah. But hope is more eternal. Great point. So let me ask you this, Tim Scott. The book is America, a Redemption Story. You speak about great things like redemption throughout the book, but there's such an optimistic tone in everything you do. Yes. Okay, in the last minute I have here with you today, I'm trying to make peace with what's more shocking, that you're this optimistic spending as much time in Washington as you do, or that you're this optimistic being a Cowboys fan for as long as you have. <laughs> what do you think is the greater anomaly? That's a low blow, but the answer is simple. There, 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 there is, in fact, a swamp. Uh-huh. And it's in Washington. It does take a lot of optimism to survive the swamp. Uh-huh. But 25 years later, without a, without a Super Bowl, Bowl yeah. <laughs> well, it's a statistical tie. If it makes you feel any better, the last time the Jets won, Neil Armstrong hadn't even stepped on the moon yet. So, Jimmy, 69. did you say the Jets, do they play football? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not going to have you insult our only local college team. You can't treat us like oh, that. Man. The Jets are like Spirit Airlines Jets. These aren't the best Jets, is, is all I'm going to say. Well, they need a merger with the Giants then. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something like that. I love it. Uh, the book is called America, A Redemption Story, Choosing Hope, Creating Unity. I love the book. You know, I love everything about you. We've got to do it again soon, man. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for allowing me to come in the studio live and in person. <laughs> it, was, it was a big deal. This was our sleepless in Seattle. We finally got to meet <laughs> after that. all those phone calls and you've got mails. It wasn't quite the roof of the Empire State Building. We'll have to Look. settle for Fox News. God bless. Best of luck to you, Thank brother. You, there he goes, the great Tim Scott. There we go. Back after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. We got a big hour of Fox Across America coming up. Democratic strategist Kevin Walling, he worked on the Biden campaign. He's got to get out there today with a straight face and tell us why this inflation reduction bill is a good thing. Come on, don't bullshit me. Well, he's going to have to try. That's his gig, and we love him for it. He'll be here. We're also going to talk to former NYPD inspector Paul Morrow about the lack of crime and punishment in New York City. Certainly no lacking of crime, but a big lacking when it comes to punishment. And uh, we're going to try to get that under control at 888-788-9910. You know the rules in this hour and every hour of Fox Across America. They never change, man. We don't care what you do, what you think, what you believe, how you vote. It's not my job, man. All we ever say is you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, just don't be a If you missed the last hour of the show, we had South Carolina Senator Tim Scott on the line. Uh, Not even on the line. He was in studio. I'm so used to saying on the line, I forgot that he was even in studio hanging out. He's got a new book out. It's called America, A Redemption Story, Choosing Hope, Creating Unity. I bring it up again. Why? Not just because he's hitting me with a cattle prod right now, zapping me so he can get some book deal. Book dough. I'm like, ow, I said it. Leave me alone. Get out of here already. Ow, I said. But the point is, uh, I bring it up because the idea of taking political policy and aligning it with race as opposed to just humanity is really setting us back as a country. I make this point because one of the biggest topics you're going to hear about this week is the relocation of migrants who are coming across the border illegally 
and then ultimately being relocated to other parts of the country. Well, you didn't hear a word about this in the press last year when Biden was flying illegal migrants overnight into other communities, into other red states like Florida. Okay, you didn't hear a word about it if someone was getting flown to South Carolina, if you were getting flown to Georgia. But now that some of these migrants are being relocated to places like New York and Washington, D.C., the Democrats are like, hell no, this is a strain on our resources. I'm like, wait a minute, you told us America should be letting everybody in. And if we don't do so, it's racist. And that's where the reductive nature of our politics is really harming us as a people, is that a lot of things that are just basic, sensible positions like, oh, I don't know, securing your border have been framed as racism. Okay, why? Because it was politically expedient to do so. Remember when Donald Trump ran for president on the slogan of build a wall, every Democrat was like, that's racist. We should be building bridges, not walls. Yet every single one of those Democrats, okay, who was yelling that walls were racist, had previously voted for walls. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Think about that. Every single one of them had voted for a wall in the past. They voted for a wall under Barack Obama. They voted for a wall under George W. Bush. It's one of the reasons that there is pre-existing wall on our southern border, and it was there before Trump got into office. But because we reduced border security to an issue of race, the substantive solution that would help our border agents has moved beyond us. You understand, at a time when the fentanyl crossing the southern border is killing a record level of Americans in this country, and it's not only killing them if they're a specific race, it's just killing anybody who ingests this garbage. Okay, the crime coming across the southern border doesn't stay there. It makes its way into every state in the country. This is something that's affecting every single American. So when you try to frame this as an issue of race, you're ultimately limiting our ability to have an honest conversation and, oh, I don't know, solve the problem. Okay, but that's how this has always gone until now, until now, where the overflow at our southern border is making it into liberal states. Here is Eric Adams, the governor of New York, telling us that Greg Abbott relocating migrants to his community is horrific. Are you ready? Clip 22. This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York. You suck, you jackass. You understand, this is the same guy that was yelling for a year that, uh, you know, Texans should just shut up, take these people in. He was yelling for a year like Muriel Bowser was yelling for a year. We're a sanctuary city. If you don't want these migrants, we'll take these migrants in our communities. Yeah, they were saying that because it sounded good. But when it came time to actually have the migrants in their communities to stress their own resources, they wanted nothing to do with it. Democrats are so full of crap. And I bring all of this up as kind of a bookend to the conversation I was having with Tim Scott. Okay, if you look at the border as an issue of it being what it is, which is the front door to our American home, then you immediately discount race entirely. It's nothing to do with race. Okay, the front door of your house isn't locked at night because you're racist. It's because you don't know what might come through that door. You want to know what could come through that door. If there's drugs being smuggled into your house, you'd like to know. I don't know. Maybe you want to use them. 
Maybe you don't want to use them. You want to make sure they stay out. The point is you lock the door, not for reasons of race, but for reasons of reality. And that's no different with our southern border. Every major industrialized nation on the planet has a totally secured border that's very difficult to get into. Think how much harder it is to get into Canada than it is to get into here. Woke progressive Canada, where the pandering prime minister tells you things like, People kind. He doesn't say mankind. You remember Justin Trudeau? He doesn't say mankind because that's gendered. He calls it people kind. That was embarrassing. Totally embarrassing. One of the biggest pandering lunatics on the planet. But he still secures his border because you just want to know what's coming in or out. And what Tim Scott is speaking to in the book, the book is called America, A Redemption Story, is what he has spoken to uh, over the course of the last two years on this show. You have to stop looking at society through the prism of race. That was the whole point of a civil rights movement was to look at us, okay, not not by the color of our skin but by the content of our character. That was Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. I want to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. But what we're doing in this instance for the you know political viability thereof is just saying everything a Republican does is based in some type of racism. That's all it is. Oh, they're against the Inflation Reduction Act. They must be racist. Oh, no, actually, they must just want to reduce inflation because the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't reduce inflation. That is correct. Not even a little. Okay, this was not lost on Dennis. He's listening up in Salisbury, Vermont, WVMT. Yo, Dennis. Yo, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, I, I, um, my child came home with an option from the school board. She could either uh, go to summer school because she fluffed off during remote learning, or she could repeat her academic year. So when I confronted her with it, she told me that she hadn't technically flunked any courses, but that she experienced um, successive months of negative Elastic growth. <laughs> now, my my options are now number one to uh, punish her for insulting my intelligence, or number two, get her in contact with the Nobel Prize Committee for Education. <laughs> well, listen, uh, number three is, yeah, she should have a job in the Biden administration. If she can reconfigure terminology that effectively, she's got a gig in the press team if she wants it, Dennis. Jimmy, I'm going out on a credit-fueled spending binge, and uh, when they drag me before the judge, I'm going to tell him that I wasn't deceiving anybody or, uh, or committing fraud. I was, uh, I was deficit spending my way to prosperity. Thank at you. At which time I was going to pay everybody for all the debt I owe. No, it, it works every time. I know any time I want to lose weight, I, ate, I eat seven pizzas. You know, you eat your way to weight loss. I mean, it's the same, it's the same insanity. I'm glad you get it, Dennis. We're not the crazy ones. Jimmy. Go ahead. Tell me my call was worthy. Oh, always worthy, Dennis. Come on. You're the cat's pajamas. Be well. Hang up on Dennis, this maniac. I'm kidding, Dennis. You're the best. Uh, but we got a phenomenal guest coming up, uh, former NYPD inspector Paul Mora. Uh, he is on America's Newsroom this morning. He has a great op-ed out, foxnews.com, explaining how AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC is a dope. Major crime is up in AOC's congressional district in the past two years by over 40 percent. We're talking about shootings. We're talking about robberies. We're talking about rapes. We're talking about homicides. All of that is up by 40 percent in AOC's district. Are we hearing a single solitary word out of her about that? The answer would be no. No, she's too busy calling you and me a racist and passing this climate change garbage that will do nothing to help the environment again and again and again. When you're passing 
all of these green energy bills on the same planet where the biggest polluters in the world by a margin of 10, that being China and India, aren't actually committing to reduce uh, pollution on any single solitary level, understand we share a planet with these people. So by hurting our economy, by restricting our emissions, at the same time when they're doing nothing, we're basically just creating a no-peeing section in our side of the pool. Even worse, though, because in this instance, we're going to pay trillions of dollars to do it. What the hell is the world coming to? A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. I consider him a brilliant man because he had the good sense to get out of the NYPD before it was too late. Uh, You might have saw him on America's Newsroom this morning. We're honored to have him here now. Paul Morrow is on the show. Hey, man. How are you, Jimmy? I'm good. I, I enjoyed your hit this morning, and I want you to know that at Fox News, you remember how, like, Oprah had Oprah's book club? Yes, I okay. do. Okay. Well, Dana Perino has like Dana's guest club. I got a text this morning. It's 6 a.m. from Dana. She's like, you got to read this op-ed on Fox News. It's really good. And you understand the position I'm in. If Dana tells me I got to read an op-ed, like I have to read it, do a book report and a diorama. So I wanted to, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to thank you for the early homework assignment. Listen, this is Dana's world. We all just live in it. And you know that. I know that. And you know what? We're all better off for it. Let's leave it to her. Let her pull all the strings. We'll just do what she tells us. <laughs> no, it's true. I was against her on Tucker's final exam. And when I lost, I was like, Tucker, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. If I beat her, I never would have worked in television again. And Tucker was like, no, that's true. That's actually true. That's, that's entirely true. And the whole country would have hated you. So you're better off. <laughs> you get it. Um, now, I want to jump right in because you're a former NYPD inspector. But you yourself, you're a huge fan of AOC. Oh, yes, entirely. I follow her very closely. I, I follow her two Twitter feeds, you know, because one is not enough. She has to have two. There's no <laughs> differentiation between the two. She claims one is sort of like her congressional Twitter feed, but you can see, you read them, they're interchangeable. <laughs> I know. And, and we're, we're making fun of her, but the truth is, you know, it, the point you make in your op-ed is, like, when she's out there cooking macaroni and cheese on Instagram every night, she hasn't once mentioned the spike in crime in her district, which is pretty historic, is it not? Amazing, amazing. So I make the point in the piece, which is up on foxnews.com, that, you know, all the time she spends on uh, other things like getting fake arrested in Washington and miming, you know, being cuffed and all of that. There are real fake arrests going on in her district, mm-hmm. only fake because the criminals are real, but they get right out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, her her video down in Washington was almost like a how-to. You know, it was instructional yeah. because realistically the same thing is going on in New York. They're making arrests. These cops are amazing up here. They are yeah. still doing their job. Their arrests are up. Mm-hmm. The NYPD is coming to the table, mm-hmm. which, I, you know, you really got to credit them yeah. because, um, you know, how easy would it be to disheart- be disheartened in mm-hmm. the current environment, Jimmy, right? No, I, I agree. Both, both of my brothers, my brother Joey did 20 in the NYPD. My brother Mike did 10, and then he hit the lottery and wound up in the village out on Long Island. Now, you know, he's my one brother did major police work. My other brother is making change at a lemonade stand right now, but that's not a bad place. <laughs> it's not yeah, a bad place to be. <laughs> not, not 
911, what's your emergency? Does anybody have change of a 20? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, we're out of lemons, yeah. That's so funny. Well, we're talking to Paul Morrow, if you just joined us. He's got a fantastic op-ed on foxnews.com. But the bigger point you make in this op-ed, and this is something I've been trying to harp on, is all of these woke bail reforms that are letting violent criminals right back out of jail ultimately wind up hurting the minority community they're supposed to you know, care about because these high rates of criminal recidivism wind up, you know, with these guys committing violent crime against members of their own race. No, of course. And Jimmy, you've just gone one step of logic just too far for the advocates of this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, somehow or other that they don't seem to be able to get quite to that point. And, you know, when you consider the fact that the basis of any government, when people band together and form one throughout history, the first mandate of that government is public safety. That's the first thing. That's why you have a government is to protect the citizens. So at what point here are these advocates, quote unquote, going to cop to the fact that it's not working? By what metric are they laboring under the delusion of that this is actually facilitating something in society? It's hurting everybody. They're only they're the only ones out there who believe in it. They're out there on our limb by themselves, but they don't have either the intellectual honesty or the bureaucratic maturity to admit that this entire thing has been an utter debacle, that they've undone 20 years of good policing where the city became the, the light of the Western world. Mm-hmm. And you have to say to yourself, when are they going to wise up? It's, it's crazy because this is the thing I was going to ask you, you know, so you got George Soros back prosecutors and, you know, pushing things yeah. like equity. And like I said, the reforms, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Evil. Yeah. 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 He really is like the worst. He's just the worst guy going. But what I'm so, what, what I'm so fascinated by, though, is like even here in New York, as we've both witnessed this profound decay in the quality of life is people are still willing to vote for a party. Regardless of the damage it's doing, like, do you think there's a breaking point like you? You were here the last time the city needed to actually like remake the city, which was the big hiring at the tail end of Dinkins into Rudy. Do you think we're capable of that in this day and age or would that would that acknowledge like too big of a defeat for them to admit they screwed things up? Like, what do you think? Well, I I, you know, I don't know. I am going to opt for pessimism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry for opt for optimism while while in my bones feeling pessimism. And I'll, let me explain. Yeah, you have to be optimistic. You have to try. You know, you have to believe that it can get better, et cetera. And I can remember, as you say, I was here for the you know the, the last time, mm-hmm. and we never learned from history. And it felt just as bad last time. You know, the mm-hmm. idea was just flee New York City. And I was a kid, but you know, I was aware of it. Mm-hmm. This time around, I actually see. Um, while for all people's complaining, I just don't see the cognizance of how bad it's going and how fast it's going. And I think the metric is going to be this year's government uh, governor election. Yeah. Uh, Hockle and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, even Zeldin, and, and Zeldin yeah. you know, because yeah. Zeldin has to win and he's behind in the polling. Now, you can't believe any of the polling, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, it's a way it's a way to depress the vote. But if Zeldin doesn't win, it's only because New York City puts her in. Mm-hmm. And there's your your yeah. metric right there. Yeah. This coming November, if the cities, citizens of New York don't understand what's going on here enough to vote yeah. her out because she's one of the major impediments, then the you know what? Point. We deserve what we get, and you can really give up hope. <laughs> get back to U-Haul. Okay, last That's question. Second, yeah. If we had a, we got 40 seconds to go. If you could have no. one top cop running your city right now, is it Eric Adams or the guy from the Village People? <laughs> Listen, I'm not touching that. All I can say is that 
There are people at the NYPD, uh-huh. if you let them do what they need to do, uh-huh. they will get it done. I know a lot of them. They're still there. It was a big hit losing John Miller. Yeah. But that said, you got real talent there who want to do the job. Yep. They're as frustrated, more frustrating than I am because they're, you know, they're still stuck there. Yep. Spot on. No, I, I agree. We, we are. It, this is, you know, we have championship caliber talent. We just need a little bit of a coaching change. Uh, but, That's Paul, exactly right. excellent stuff. Let's do it again soon. And uh, in the meantime, I'll see you at that Village People concert, okay? You got it, Jimmy. <laughs> great stuff. The great Paul Morrow. There he goes. Back after this. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You'll have to excuse this next guest if he sounds a little hungover. He was out celebrating a passage of a bill in Washington this weekend. Democratic strategist Kevin Walling back in the house. Hey, girl. I don't even know what day it is. Is this what, is this a Monday? Where am I? <laughs> listen, so, you're too loud. You're too loud. I, well, listen, I, I don't fault you for not knowing what day it is because clearly <laughs> your party doesn't know what re- inflation reduction is. So maybe there's oh, a come on. Come on, Walling. What do you got? Good to hear from you, man. Um, Good to be with you. Are you concerned? I was just talking to the great South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Uh, who was in studio. He hung out with, played with the toys, had a lot of questions about the decor in this studio, but we went through with the <laughs> interview nonetheless. Um, he was calling it the Inflation Seduction Act. Get it? The in seduction in that it, they've kind of duped people into thinking this is inflation seduction. It's essentially a climate bill. So the question I have for you, Walling, is do you, are you concerned this could backfire in the midterms in that they kind of Trojan horsed climate spending and certainly prescription drug things uh, under the guise of inflation reduction? Is there any concern this backfires? Well, it's a great question. Listen, I'm actually in Charleston, South Carolina right now, the hometown of Tim Scott. Oh, so I was actually I was I was with you guys in you know in New York together. But, you know, uh, he's he's got a funny line with the Seduction Act. Listen, you know, when when each component of this bill is polled independently, right, mm-hmm. energy tax credits, credits, lowering the cost of prescription drugs, making corporations pay their fair share, vast majority of Americans support each of those components. So the only way it backfires, I think, as a Democrat is if we don't go out and sell what's in the bill, which we failed to do as Democrats over the last two years in terms of the things that we've done on a bipartisan basis mostly – Uh, in terms of infrastructure, chips, what have you, Mm -hmm. and not sold it to the American people. Well, let me ask you this, though, if you know, because you're saying on a standalone basis, these items pull well. But why, if they are as popular as they are, did they pass this under inflation reduction and not like climate bill or, you know, prescription drug bill? Why do you think they ran with the inflation thing? Because I think the obvious answer is obviously that's the bigger issue. And so they wanted to piggyback off of it. Like, was this expert branding by the Democrats? I'm giving you credit if, if that's what you say it was. What do you think it was? Yeah, it's 100 percent that. I mean, the number one issue before Americans is inflation at the pump, at the gas stations, at the food store. So if we can tie into that, if we can say, all right, we're going to make healthcare a lot more affordable for you. We're going to make energy a lot more affordable for you. And we're going to bring down the, the deficit, which is inflationary depressing. Uh, then we, we're going to call it this and we're going to get it passed before the American people. Absolutely. Because Americans are so frustrated. They want to see Congress acting 
And this is a great name to put behind this bill because it shows some forward momentum on this particular issue but, in these different components of that bill. But when Bernie Sanders, we're talking to the great Kevin Walling, when Bernie Sanders flat out admits on the Senate floor it won't reduce inflation, is what I'm trying to say is it's good branding, but I don't feel like there's a lot of truth in advertising. That's what I'm saying. Well, he's, just, he's just a grump because he wasn't involved. You know? <laughs> That's Well, all right. So hold Nobody on a second. Bernie anyway. So the heck with him. So are we are, – <laughs> is the middle class being – grumpy by expressing concern over the idea of 87,000 IRS agents uh, taking the oath? As long as they're not tax cheats, sure. I mean, these guys, these these new agents are going after corporations. They're going after the most wealthy in this country. They go after poor people. Let me give you two examples. Yes, they do. I'll give you two examples. I've been audited twice, both under Democratic presidencies, both recent. The first time I was audited, I was as a cab driver. Jenny and I had just had Lincoln, and they literally hauled me into the old IRS office on 44th Street because they didn't believe I could be surviving at the low income level I was earning as a cab driver. And they're like, well, there must be like a Swiss bank bank account around here or something. How are you living in New York? And I was like, no, you know, we're barely getting by. But they really did, you know, the most intense deep dive into my gas expenses as a cab driver because I myself couldn't hire an attorney to fight back and beat them, I think is the concern a lot of people have. And then just recently, I just wrapped up an audit where, again, they were just hitting me up for a a $3,000 tax deduction that I was legally taking, and they just wanted to know if I owed them that money. And that's not built. Billionaires paying their fair share. I know I must look like on TV I'm a gazillionaire with all these fine jackets I wear, but you know I got a wardrobe budget walling. It ain't all me. I mean, that's very true. But let me tell you, every time I'm in that radio studio with you, there are envelopes of unmarked bills. So, <laughs> Yo! The Millennium Falcon and all of your toys, and mm-hmm. I hope those IRS agents are listening to this conversation right now. <laughs> Good for you, Kevin Walling, trying to set me up. That's just how white <laughs> folks will do you. We're coming for you, baby. Kevin Walling on the line, openly admitting they're getting ready to weaponize the IRS against you in the name of climate change or <laughs> no, something. No, God. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, let me God. ask you this, okay, because this is the other criticism, is that we are in a situation that was largely caused by government spending how do you spend your way out of a spending problem? Is that not the equivalent of drinking yourself sober? I mean, I think spending is part of it, no question. But certainly this, the, the supply chain issues and coming out of COVID, I think, is the number one driver for these prices that we're seeing. When you see a world economy be shut down, lanes of shipping shut down, uh, gas uh, uh, drilling shut down for, for months on end, if not years, that's going to affect pricing, no doubt. But but listen, we're making things cheaper for the American people. We're putting more money in people's pockets. But we're where? Where, where, where? Hold on, hold on. I know that's the messaging, and I applaud the yeah. messaging, but we're looking at every analysis of this bill says inflation's not going down anytime soon. Chris Coons flat out said we're not going to see any effect in the next two years. If it's the number one issue in the country right now, and you've got a bill that doesn't do anything in the next two years, again, that's good messaging by Kevin Walling, but I don't think it's a good improvement for the American people. Well, listen, tax credits as part of the Amer- uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, were set to expire in the fall. Mm-hmm. We're extending them for a number of three years. A lot of Americans were going to pay a lot more money for health care coverage come this fall. And now they have that kind of financial security now for three years. Let's get uh, off so politics then. One so example I, of this okay. uh, in terms of uh, – uh, and, and again, because 
because all these people are, are really struggling to pay for food, gas, all of that, making hard choices at their kitchen table mm-hmm. in terms of what they're going to spend their money on. And so at least in this one component, we're extending those subsidies as part of this process, putting more money in the pockets of Americans. So the Inflation Reduction Act is going to help Obamacare subsidies and climate change, but it's not necessarily an inflation uh, address as far as I'm concerned. But again, we could agree to disagree there. Yeah. But wouldn't the answer be, this is where I get not, I don't want to say frustrated because I'm not like an economist, but when it comes to giving more... I'm not more... a biologist, so I'm, there, I'm right there with you. <laughs> You're the best. When, <laughs> wouldn't the answer be, when it comes to reducing health care costs, promoting more competition in the marketplace as opposed to just forcing the government to give out more tax breaks and subsidies? Shouldn't we just let the, mar- shouldn't we let the market sort this out, or do you not believe the market's legitimate? No, absolutely. That's why I supported the Romney plan, which was the Affordable Care Act for Massachusetts that entered in more competition mm-hmm. into the marketplace, which has driven down uh, the cost of, of uh, health care in this country since it was enacted. ACA uh, opens up these markets to competition because now all these private insurers know that there is a public option for all of this in terms of the exchanges mm-hmm. and have to keep pace. With but, what is out but, there being offered to the American people, it's fine. a hugely competitive uh, marketplace. But, but healthcare costs and deductibles have not gone down since ACA, unless you were just getting it given to you by the government. They've, they've gone down for, from where it would have been without it. Yeah, thank you. So but they haven't gone down. It's, it's increasing across very, the board. Listen, this but is not very at fine the print. Level it would have been before the ACA, hundred percent. I very. There's a lot of fine, a lot of chicanery there. I feel like I'm buying a fake hey, Rolex in Times Square, Walling. <laughs> Good for you. We got Kevin Walling on the line. Uh, we're having a grown-up talk about the inflation, as Tim Scott called it, inflation seduction. That's catchy by Tim Scott. I mean, I love Tim Scott, and He's, I'm in his hometown, so uh, you won't hear a bad thing coming from me as a Democrat about Tim Scott. He's a great guy. <laughs> that's too funny. I'm worried as hell if he ever runs for president, too, because he's going to make one hell of a candidate for president. Tim Scott's great. I, I, I actually think for our country. And he doesn't you you don't hear this said a lot, but I think a a Tim Scott presidency would be the best thing for our country in that he he speaks really openly. The phrase he uses is the evolution of the southern heart. You know, he acknowledges that he grew up in the worst version of the South, but his success is only possible because however imperfect we might be on race, we've come so far. And I think it's really weird, Kev, but like this isn't a political thing. But if you look at polling in the 90s, specifically polling amongst black people and their attitudes towards racism and racial persecution, it wasn't nearly what it is now. It's almost as if, I don't know, maybe the media or even like a political party might have sold racial division a little too hard. Now, you wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? No, I don't think we've done it. Listen, I'm with you in that we've come uh, quite a ways to see someone like Tim Scott serve from a a state like South Carolina. But we've got a long – and Raphael Warnock from the state of Georgia just uh, to the south of us. But we've got a long way to go on on that front, certainly, in terms of where we are. But again, you know, there's new polling out about Hispanic Americans and what they're going to do, for example, in the the midterms. And I think we do a disservice when we talk down to any kind of racial group, Mm -hmm. Republican or Democrat. If we talk to the lowest common denominator and actually not talk to their ambitions and their views and you know, so many small businesses now are started by black and brown yep. uh, individuals in this country. And, and we just paint everyone with a broad brush. Democrats mm-hmm. especially do that. Mm-hmm. And we don't speak to their interests, certainly. Are you so are you going to tell me that referring to Latinos as breakfast tacos was bad PR? 
Hey, I love a good breakfast taco. <laughs> you, you're knock, such I'm a... not going to knock that or Dr. Jill. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing says Kevin Walling is connected to the Bidens like refusing to condemn the breakfast taco line, which I just want to give you some help. I want to give you some help here. It's inside baseball. <laughs> Myra Flores, of course, Mexican-born congresswoman uh-huh, sure. serving from Texas, on my show flat out said – if you were going to like pander to Latino voters, you have to up the quality of the breakfast food. Like I asked her, I said, is there a quality? <laughs> is there a food that would have been less insulting? Like she called you a breakfast burrito. And Myra Flores said if Jill, if Jill would have called her a tamale, she might have been more receptive to the messaging. So I'm just telling them to pass along to your to your folks. Maybe you've got to pander at a higher level. I will run that up the flagpole. I know you will. Taking it back right now. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. The next time I see her calling people tamales, you can call me up and thank me on the <laughs> side. from you right here. Thank you. See, Walling, I'm trying to help the country. You don't realize it. I'm, I'm right down the middle in terms of I just want progress. You know, that's the thing. Like, we and you are of an age where we grew up in a better America. I don't know how that quantifies statistically, but I do know we all cared about the country and, like, didn't alienate each other over political views the way we do today. What would you say – what what percentage would you say social media is responsible for the political division in our lives? Would you say it's 80 percent? Because I attribute a lot of it to politicians, but I think social media creates, like, an arena that's kind of incentivizing that type of conflict and division. What percentage would you say? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think it could be as high as 80. Listen, we're so siloed, right? I mean, this is why I love, you know, whether it's being on your show or being on panels with you, mm-hmm. is we can have these fun, frank, engaging conversations because what you do at the start of every show is you say this is from the greatest country in the world. And that's the, the common denominator with everything is if we start with that mentality, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, and remember that and negotiate that on the margins and not demonize people even though we, you and I both love demonizing each other uh, mm-hmm. for fun, mm-hmm. uh, then I, I think we're going to be a whole hell of a lot better as a country. So, I mean, that's why I love coming on your show, and that's why I love you as a man oh, uh, you know, and, and a raw intellect uh, is because we can have this back and forth. Yes, we can. I'm going to stop you before you send win, win, win beneath my wings. Um, but well, I agree I just want you. some of those envelopes of cash. You know, <laughs> He's still uh, trying that, to get me audited. Um, studio, man. It, it's so, listen, I know the audit's coming no matter what you do, because I always get audited <laughs> on the Democrat. Always, always. I'll give, you, I'll give you one of those PBA cards. Uh, <laughs> you know, out of it. Do you get a PBA card from the IRS? Is there such a thing? There's going to be. Sure. <laughs> you know there is. You, you know scam. It. Kevin Walling's flat out. He's speaking the truth, though. Respect this. You're all getting audited. There's only 789 billionaires. You, you, you can't no, tell no. me you're hiring 87,000 IRS agents to what? Speed the wait times when you're on hold? I'm just coming after Lincoln's college fund. That's all I'm doing. Well, the joke's on you because if you've seen his grades, you know there's no college to worry about. So ha, ha, ha. Lincoln is actually, oddly enough, in the honor society, but I have nothing to do with it. It's all yeah, Jenny. Of course he is. No, of he's sharp. Of course he is. He's a sharp kid, but that's all Jenny fail. I got nothing to do with it. Um, before we let you go, Kevin Wallen, because it's always a great time and we're always sad when you finally do leave us, um, how is your, your circle handling the Kim Kardashian-Pete Davidson breakup, and do you see it having – implications for Kanye's 2024 run well you think that I've been drinking because we passed this in, in, inflation bill it's because of this breakup Whoa. I have been beside myself down here uh, and, love is dead know, love is dead uh, and I'm now now I'm inspired to get a tattoo just to, to you know 
to match him. <laughs> oh, it's... And, and well, you should ask your viewers what that tattoo should be. Oh my goodness gracious, Walling! None of it is. None of it would be speakable on a family program such as this. But I may, <laughs> I may open up the old internet poll. Uh, listen, you're the Maybe best. Nancy Reagan or something like that. On my arm. <laughs> it's, well, it's fine. Nancy Reagan. Wow, has ever ever she been a bigger outlier than with her "Just Say No" slogan? When every That's one of true. these blue cities is now just say yes, have a needle, go shoot up on us. You don't even need to comment. The point I'm making That's is another show. Yeah, That's it's another. another show. We got a heartbreak coming <laughs> just up. Just quit while you're behind. We love you, Walling. I'll see you soon. Love you, Jimmy. Take care, buddy. There he goes, the great Kevin Walling. Telling you the truth, you're all getting audited. He's joking. You're all getting audited. He's throwing the challenge flag at his radio right now. Wallach, I know you can hear me. You're all getting audited. I'm telling you because I care. They don't hire 87,000 IRS agents because they don't want you to wait as long when you call customer service. They hire 87,000 IRS agents because the spending is out of control and it's time to start looking under the couch cushions for a way to make back some of this money. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A guy you can hang out with in person Friday August the 25th, Saturday, August the 26th. I'll be at the Carson Nugget out in Carson, Nevada. Tickets for that at ccnugget.com. But check this one out. It's a Fox Across America exclusive. Coming to Iowa, October the 15th, uh, we are going to be in Ottumwa, Iowa at the Bridgeview Center. Tickets for that now on sale at ticketmaster.com. Go to Ticketmaster.com. You're out in Iowa, anywhere near. Uh, It's Saturday night, October the 15th. You're going to see your radio buddy hanging out in person. It's a huge theater. It's going to be a wild show. And uh, I am amped up for that one. And I just wanted to point out that it is, in fact, a comedy show. Because anytime people go to Iowa, they're like, oh, he's running for president. Look at this guy going to Iowa, testing the waters. I don't ever in a million years. Uh, think that anyone would mistake my visit with that of a potential presidential candidacy, mainly because I could never pass the background check, and I'm pretty open about that. But then again, honestly, if you think about the people we elect in this day and age, who is passing the background check? They're all dirtbags, actually. Most of them out there are horrible. Uh, But not the great Tim Scott, who joined us in studio today. His book is called America, A Redemption Story. It's absolutely worth you checking out. And one last time for the people in the back, here is Chuck Schumer with your lie of the day, clip one. I think it's going to help us in November significantly in two ways. First, the specific things we're doing that people care so much about. And second, hey, Democrats, even in this tough situation, polarized 50-50, can actually get big things done. So there we are. Such an idiot. Yeah. The American people cared so much about this bill that they had to pass the contents under a different name. You were lying your ass off. That's the moral of the story today. The Democrats passed an Inflation Reduction Act that's going to add 87,000 IRS agents, raise your taxes, and oh, by the way, not reduce inflation. I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. Uh, It's enough to get you worked up, but don't get worked up. Just go enjoy your night. Be back here tomorrow. We'll do it again. Until then, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. I don't care. Just don't be a...
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.